0: All right, welcome back everybody to Victory Outdoors, the podcast. We're excited you guys are here and uh, we've got a guest uh, with us today. Uh, Zoe Phillips from Tacticam is joining us. And uh, Zoe uh, is the social media manager for Tacticam and um, fairly new to that role at Tacticam. But uh, uh, we're going to talk about a little bit about deer hunting. We're gonna talk a little bit about the hunting industry a little bit about uh, zoe's background uh in both the hunting industry and bow hunting uh as well as the tacticam products themselves we'll kind of dive into maybe a couple of models there uh and, and just kind of get you guys all up to speed on that but uh first let's uh kind of uh introduce uh, zoe to you guys and zoe uh, kind of tell us a little bit about yourself uh kind of where you're from and and uh how you got started with the uh with working with tacticam
1: Sure. Thank you for having me. Um, I'm Zoe. I am the social media manager here at TactCam. I also recently took over our creator content influencer program as well. So I've been working, um, all things, social media, along with creating campaigns and content and all of the fun stuff with different influencers, um, to build a good clientele for TactCam. I am from a smaller town in Missouri. I I didn't always grow up deer hunting or hunting at all. Um, I always wanted to. I've always begged my mom and, you know, let her allow me to go hunting with my grandparents and go out and do all of that. But she was very adamant on me not doing anything like that. So when I was 16, I got my driver's license and I drove to, um, at the time we had Gander Mountain and bought my first deer rifle. And went out for doe fest that year and i just i loved it and since then i've just been getting more and more into hunting and doing anything i can in the hunting industry so i've i've fallen in love with it and it's become a huge passion of mine
0: awesome yeah that's that's kind of cool like uh you know i feel like sometimes the hunters that are most passionate and i and i'm not trying to bag on anybody but i also grew up uh kind of in a non-hunting family and people are like really uh, well it wasn't that they were anti hunters hunters at all um, but they my dad just wasn't a hunter um, and uh, my uh, I, I my mom I used to beg to t- let her take me fishing and like that was like the best thing like I she actually would take me fishing and that kind of stuff me and my siblings but my grandfather's were really those two uh, main sources of influence I guess from a hunting perspective as well as a fishing perspective uh and so that really you know got me you know kind of hooked on it and i had some uh, i had some uncles and cousins and stuff like that that were big into deer hunting i think my first sit ever in a tree stand i was probably 12 years old um i had gotten some camouflage from uh for a christmas present i think and uh, I had a tree stand, I think, and everything, but i I, I don't think I even had a, a bow or uh, anything that you would really consider to be a deer hunting weapon of, of any kind. I, I think I had a 410 shotgun at that time, but uh, yeah, so um, it's funny kind of how those other influences it doesn't necessarily have to be that and and even some you know in some ways, uh, it, it's cool to see uh, us as hunters mentoring, you know other people that you know even if they don't have a grandfather or 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 a um you know anybody else to do that I think that's what one of those some of those different mentoring programs are so important um and it's never too you're never too old to become a hunter um you know so like i I think what's funny is is that my dad and i think I've told this story before but I took my dad on his first ever turkey hunt um you know when I was probably twenty six or 20 I don't know I was in my late 20s so um and I remember taking him and and he had a blast and and uh um I think he shot a I think he shot a double honestly like uh I think it was fall so it was fall Uh, I remember it was a fall turkey hunt and I knew where there's a bunch of birds roosted and I was like I can get him a bird because we'll just get close to the roost and then they'll feed towards us like it won't it won't be your typical spring turkey hunt but it'd get him the experience of doing it. And I mean, he had been on pheasant hunts randomly here and there uh, and that kind of stuff, but he really just wasn't, you know, it wasn't his thing. I mean, he was, he loved golf and that kind of stuff. Like that was his, that's his, still is his thing. Like he's 73 years old and he still plays golf, uh, several times a week. So at any rate, um, you know, it's funny though, how like people can influence people differently. And, I don't know there's just something that gets in your blood that you know is you know hardwired I think into hunters that you just have to do it and it becomes a passion and it becomes something that you just love to do and I think you know I've heard that from so many people that hey I you know my my family wasn't a hunting family but I really always was drawn to it um and then you know had some other influencers that got you started into it and that kind of stuff and and so that's really awesome I mean Uh, it's, it's, I think that some, those people are some of the most passionate people, uh, about hunting because they didn't get to do it all the time from a young age. You know, I think about my stepdaughter and she shot her first deer when she was six and then she shot her first, uh, Booner when she was, uh, let's see, nine, you know, and she's got bigger deer on the wall than I do. And I'm like, I, you don't even have an appreciation for what you've done because you, you you know, like I'm sitting there going I'm awestruck by it and she's like yeah I shot a big deer like oh, you know no. she doesn't even understand what she's done um and and she really hasn't killed a deer since she we did go hunting and she wanted to shoot a doe and we only got out one time that next by uh, next fall and then she's just kind of gotten into other things and that kind of stuff and so I'm sitting there like letting her do her thing and that kind of thing and hoping that she gets that interest peaks back up again because she asks occasionally, like hey am i going to go turkey hunting like we took her turkey hunting this spring in nebraska and she we 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 ended up not getting her one but like she doesn't have that burning desire passion that i remember i had uh as a kid even though i didn't necessarily really start hunting actively until i was in my later teens and i could drive myself somewhere you know so Yeah, so your your, your story really kind of I think connects with probably a lot of people because I, I think it's something I've heard from a lot of people. It's kind of somewhat you know similar to like my story um, and that kind of thing. But uh, yeah, so I'm um, kind of talking a little bit, um, you know, about you know the the outdoor industry and that kind of stuff. Like from from a social media aspect of it, um, you know, how do you kind of see uh you know the the out the outdoor industry growing um in the in the social media environment you know uh, do you do you feel like companies will look for that next thing you know um obviously you know here in the last couple of years uh we've seen tick tock um it's a little bit dicey on how you how you can work things into tick tock videos obviously they got a little bit more stringent rules on what you can and can't have in them um that definitely affects the outdoor industry, I mean, you know, kill shots kind of hit or miss on whether or not they'll get taken down, um, right. and 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 especially showing any kind of a weapon or dead animal seems to get you banned. At least the video banned it might not get your whole your whole channel banned, but it definitely um, probably doesn't help your help out your algorithms at all. No. But <laughs> um, you know, obviously, though, like from that perspective, um, you know, where do you kind of see? Do you think it'll continue that presence in social media will continue to kind of stay in that? instagram facebook twitter kind of realm youtube i guess i'll throw in that mix uh or do you see that you know any of the other new uh like snapchat and and obviously um do you see that that is a a place of growth or where do you see that going
1: yeah no i definitely think social media is one of the best ways for marketing at this point everybody's on social media i mean from every demographic, everybody's on social media at this point. It's a very much growing industry. And I think we're always going to be innovating, always going to be, you know, taking it to the next level, seeing what's out there next. Um, It, you know, TikTok is a difficult one, but it is such an important platform, even for us as hunters. You know, one video can reach so many people in such a short period of time. And, Looking at it, you know, statistically, people really only watch videos for 30 seconds, 45 seconds, you know, a minute tops really. So, TikTok platform and YouTube has gotten bigger as well with YouTube. um, They call it shorts. Those videos that you can put out that are 30 to 45 seconds, I mean, they grab so much attention, get so much traction, and it can be the most random thing. I mean, throwing up a random video of a tactic cam or something like that. It doesn't even necessarily have to be a kill shot. It can be, you know, as you said, it's difficult to, you know, kind of post those things on TikTok, but it's still such a crucial platform for businesses to use for marketing standpoint, because really that's where the audience is at. That's where people are are going. They're scrolling through TikTok. Um, Instagram and Facebook, of course, are always going to be big and you know, it's a really great platform. You get a little bit more leeway with, you know, your kill shots. We have a film through scope and we've got some awesome content I've seen and, you know, gotten through the industry of coyote hunting and elk hunting, deer hunting all through the film through scope. Um, I've seen some really cool coyote hunts with them and predator hunting with those and they get a lot of traction, a lot of popularity. Everybody loves them, but I don't think you know, social media is ever going to go away with how us hunters can show our pictures, kill shots, videos. I think it's just going to keep getting bigger and bigger and companies know that. And I I actually went to school first for nursing and I was um, getting my BS in and I worked in the ER at the tech and started there and, you know, COVID hit, things changed. And I've always, you know, been interested and loved the outdoors and kind of just tried to get my foot in the door and just took, you know, took the chance. And I'm so happy I did and changed my major to digital marketing and took some great classes and got my degree in digital marketing and social media marketing and have really just taken off from there. So I think this is ever going to be a ongoing platform. I don't think it'll ever go away. And it's just going to keep getting bigger and bigger.
0: Absolutely. Yeah, I I agree. And you know, like you mentioned like YouTube shorts and it's crazy because <clears throat> I think that has been one of the things that we've started in the last year. or So we started doing these YouTube shorts, um, and, and they, and you're right. Like they can be literally anything. Uh, yeah. and so that vertical format that you, that obviously, um, you know, the reels on Instagram and, and YouTube shorts, as well as TikTok that, that vertical video feed, um, is definitely i think where we're seeing the most growth and 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 the thing i think that um what i've seen like we were we were sitting there uh so obviously we produce a tv show and our tv show it was basically born just in that digital world um we started on youtube uh originally we also used to share the full episodes at one point in time on facebook don't do that so much anymore Um, But uh, then we got into like Carbon TV, Waypoint um, and some of those other platforms that that host, um, you know, large amounts of uh, hunting, you know, uh, you know, special, especially, you know, uh, platforms, you know, they're geared towards the outdoor industry. And so we got on board with those. Um, We also did the Pursuit Channel, um, you know, and and uh, they have their own platform like that. It's kind of geared towards that called pursuit up. And so we've got, you know, we've got that digital thing. But as we moved into those specialty digital ones, we still put our episodes on YouTube, but we weren't necessarily promoting those links and that kind of stuff. And so it became where we did see like super low numbers on viewing. And we weren't regularly posting either because it was like, we went from being a semi live show where we were posting, you know, two weeks after the kill the full episode and what what ended up happening was we ended up uh, switching gears to uh, to allow us to take it to a higher level of production quality so we wanted to produce at the very highest level the best tv show we could um, to really tell the story and of, of that particular season that hunt whatever the case may be but we wanted to make sure we took our time with it so now we it's more of a traditional format. We film everything that fall, we edit it over the winter, spring months, and then it airs that summer leading up to that next fall. Um, and so what that led to us, not necessarily posting as often on YouTube, which, you know, if that, if you don't keep posting, it kind of drags you down. Right. And so all of a sudden they started doing these shorts and I, you know, I mean, we were like, Oh, well, what is this? And so then when we started putting, just, just taking small videos that we were using in other formats and started putting that on there, I had a, it was this spring before tricky season got started. I literally had a short video, 30 seconds long of me yelping on a mouth call. That's all it was. It was like kind of a close up. I was hunting, I was yelping on a mouth call and, um, it got like, 500,000 views and because of that huge explosion for that particular video, I think we gained a thousand subscribers, just that one, just to that one, just because of that one short. And I mean, and and so it's kind of, it seems like it's kind of hit or miss. Like some of them just take off like wildfire and some of them like you get a couple hundred, you know, and, and I think TikTok's the same way. Like uh, sure. I had, I have some that have 30,000, you know, views and, and 5,000 likes. And then I've got some that you know have 200 <laughs> so yeah. you know it's like it's like very it's very variable but you know that's fine i think then what you have to do is you have to take what i call the walmart approach you know volume like yes. uh, push push out stuff in volume um and then you know i told i told the team i said just go out and just capture video in that vertical format when you're living your daily life in the outdoors because exactly. that that kind of stuff is easy to for me to take and I can edit it literally on my phone. Like I don't have to edit it in a computer. I can uh, there's plenty of apps out there. I can sit there, I can add music, I can I can cut it down, I can add overlays, I can do all kinds of stuff on my phone that I used to have to do in Premiere on my computer. And I don't have to do that. I do I do some of them. Like some of the ones that are a little more you know, a little higher production level, I'll do on the computer. But the vast majority of them I can put those together on the phone, kick them out sponsors. Love it. Our partners love it because we can, we can just show us using it, like using the product sponsor. Like it doesn't have to be, um, it can be very just, you know, not, a not what I call a hard sell. Like we do some stuff that's a hard sell, but you know, it's a lot of times it's just kind of us living our life, doing our thing. And, and this is what we're doing. And we happen to be using this product. So exactly yeah so that's that's kind of cool um it's always i always like to kind of talk a little insight on kind of the industry and that kind of stuff and you know if guy you know guys out there um i am i'm a firm believer that all of us hunters got to stick together and all of us in the hunting industry got to stick together sure
1: absolutely. there
0: are other tv shows out there who you know we're we're all out here competing for you know marketing dollars and that kind of stuff and we're trying to put our best foot forward but i'm not going to worry about what somebody else is doing or not doing you know we're just going to try to do what we think is the best we can to produce the best products you know and when i say products i mean you know the best videos the best content and that kind of stuff and, and and hope it stands on its own i don't need to worry about somebody else so if if we're talking about stuff and you have your own show out there and you gain something you know from this conversation about social media by all means run with it and and hopefully it makes you you know a better show and that kind of stuff because you know we're not like we're pretty i guess i would hope that the rest of the team is pretty humble that way like we don't really we're not our competition isn't other shows our competition is ourselves like i mean when it when when i go shoot 3d archery and i don't do it competitively anymore i used to but even when i did it competitively i treated it like golf like i wanted to go out and better my neck my score i wanted to put up my own personal best and, and i think that's the way most of our guys view our hunting side of it like we may not kill a personal best you know deer every year but that might be our goal and um i'm not trying to kill you know zach geeth killed a 200 inch deer uh 210 inch deer last year he's on our team Um, he's been on our team since the beginning he kills he he is a legitimate big buck killer i mean that's just the way he is he's got a 191 to his name he's got several over 180 the guy knows how to kill big deer but by saying that like none of us on the team are sitting there going well now i got to kill a 200 inch deer like i mean the the likelihood of that like if you're setting yourself up for failure. <laughs> like, yeah, I don't care. Exactly. Like, we, we live in Iowa. Uh, you know, the, 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 whole team, uh, lives in Iowa. Um, we, you know, we just don't, you know, yes, we have maybe a better opportunity, better odds to kill a 200 inch deer, but they aren't around every tree. Uh, you know, uh, you know, so folks that are coming to Iowa this uh, fall to hunt, um, you know, you're going to have some expectations and that kind of stuff out there. You're going to have some availability and that kind of thing. Um, but just, you know, you know, you can realistically expect that you might have an opportunity depending on where you're hunting at a deer over 150, um, which might be a buck of a lifetime for you. Uh, but, you know, you know, that expectations are kind of funny that way. But anyway.
1: Yeah, I love I that. To-
0: yeah, yeah. Before I get you down too too many rabbit holes, I'll, I'll let you kind of uh, <laughs> speak to that a little bit.
1: Yeah, no, I love what you said. I mean, at Tacticum, especially, I feel like we, you know, we do well with what we do. But I feel that we are a very humble company and we're here to support and help hunters. I mean, we make products to help hunters film their hunt, create memories and save those memories. And I love that. I love the, the family vibe that we have here at Tacticam. And we really want to press that out to all of our customers. And, you know, we, we always call ourselves a Tactic family and truly that's what it is. You know, whether you're a year in 10 years in or just started, I mean, we want to build that family vibe with everybody, customers included. And, you know, even outside of Tacticam, you don't gain anything from being a jealous person from, you know, just being that kind of attitude i think you've really got to learn from failure take other people's advice and you know be a a good person really that's what makes the makes the world go around is good people and you know they're they're out there there's definitely people that are kind of a stick in the mud and they don't want to share their knowledge of wealth or anything like that but i mean really what how does that make you a better person or how does that help others i think having the mindset of, you know, being humble, being there for others. And hey, I learned, you know, I put my stand in the wrong spot one year and I, I learned from that. Hey, let me go out there and help other hunters, other people, you know, let's not make that mistake. Let me show you like a tip I learned on scouting or, you know, things along those lines. I think it's, you know, especially coming from somebody like, like us who didn't grow up hunting and We have a big, you know, passion for outdoors and hunting and learning. And we had to put our boots on and get out there and learn from mistakes and just get out there and do it. We can be such a a help to others or learn from other people that have been doing it their whole lives. And I think that's what it's about. You know, you have to be there for other people and talking bad on others. And that's not going to get you anywhere. And it's not going to grow.
0: Yeah, definitely not gonna not gonna make you um, a better hunter uh, to to you know post a comment on somebody's picture that you know that's that's you know not positive, and I mean, exactly. um, and, and you you kind of hit on a couple of things there that you know I think are worth you know kind of highlighting. I guess you know one thing that I thought um, you know that was really a good illustration of you know, being that good hunter is, is being able to grow and getting out there. So, um, a couple of, like I helped a couple of, um, my buddies get into bow hunting. They were, they were hunters. They were bird hunters. I mean, in, in Iowa, like growing up in the nineties, um, you know, in the, in the seventies, eighties and nineties, um, Iowa was more known for its, uh, pheasant hunting, uh, than it was for its deer hunting. And so people may not know that if you, if you weren't, you know, I was, I was born in the eighties. So I, uh, grew up in the nineties and I started hunting, you know, and bird hunting and stuff like that in the late nineties. And so a lot of my buddies that did that, you know, that was a passion of theirs. Like they, that's what they did. They had the bird dogs and all that kind of stuff. And, um, I started bow hunting uh, I started shooting a bow probably when I was 16. I think I got one. I think I got it my first compound bow for my 16th birthday, but I actually didn't go bow hunting with that. That actual bow was the bow I went bow hunting with, but it was probably several years later, um, that I actually got into bow hunting is when I had my first job out of college. And I met, uh, some, some bow hunters that worked with me and they kind of, you know, said, Hey, you got a bow. And I'm like, yeah, I'm like, I don't I'm going to need to put on some new sights and a rest and all that kind of stuff. Cause everything is way outdated. It's a 10 year old bow and they're like, well, let's go get that done. So I went and got, you know, I had aluminum arrows back then, but then I got carbon arrows, I got a new site, I got a new rest and I took this old mid nineties PSE bow. And I went out and killed my first deer with it. And it was a doe. Um, and, and that hooked me. But one of the things that I learned through that, um, the first couple of seasons um is being able to train your eye and to recognize movement uh when you're sitting in a tree stand so uh so you didn't have deer sneaking up on you or squirrels or whatever the case may be and um you know if you're hunting especially in like i mean it's different if you're hunting on the edge of a field and they walk out into the field it's kind of obvious but when deer are making their way or turkeys are making their way through the timber and that kind of stuff they move relatively slow and it might be a flicker of a tail that you actually catch, and so you won't actually see um, the deer. They may be 180 yards away, but you see a flick of a tail, and you're like, "I saw something over there." Now, it's funny because sometimes I think I saw a flick of a tail, and it ends up being that it was a tweety bird that flew by, and I saw its wing flash, you know. But my eye now trains into find movement, and and, and I, and, and that continues to develop, but what you, what do you have to do in order to have that? You can't read about it in a magazine. You have to get out, have those experiences and, and train your eye to catch movement in the timber. And, and honestly, like, I think that's one of the biggest things because I think when you aren't, you know, we go all summer, you know, and, and, you know, I guess if you turkey hunt, you're in the woods, turkey hunting and that kind of stuff. So you, you train yourself there to, from a different angle from the ground, usually to look for. To look for movement but you go all summer not deer hunting from a tree stand and then all of a sudden deer season rolls around and you jump up on a tree stand um or some guys don't even go into the woods until you know the rut kicks in i would caution bow hunters against that get out Maybe if you're able to buy a doe tag or something like that, get out. Maybe if you want to save some stands and that kind of stuff, cool. Like I do that occasionally. Like I know I've got a big buck in that area and I know I'm probably might not be able to kill him. And I don't want to go hunt that stand just yet. But I've got this stand over here that does walk in front of every single afternoon. I'm going to go over there and I'm going to kill a stand. Get some time in the stand. Get your eyes adjusted and accustomed to it and that kind of stuff. So the first time you're out hunting and it doesn't. I mean, Ian Sparks, our, uh, one of our team members, uh, I mean, a couple years ago, first day out, October 1st, October 1 of uh, uh, of Iowa's bow season. So day one, he killed a 160-inch giant. Um, but that is pretty rare. And, yeah. and, and it was a specific kind of situation where he kind of knew that If he got the right weather conditions and he got you know deer moving early type of conditions he knew it was going to be a possibility and so you it's not that you can't be successful super early in the season you can um but i would recommend that you get out get a little seat time in there before it's go time before it's the rut and that kind of stuff so that you can kind of just get your eyes adjusted and the more you do that, the more seasons you put underneath your belt, the, the more little things you pick up, the little tiny, you know, uh, things. There's just certain things that you can't read in a magazine. You can't listen to on a podcast. You just got to experience it. And, exactly, you know, you mentioned before we kind of started recording, you, you mentioned that, you know, you've been bow hunting for about urban uh, deer hunting, I should say, for about 10 years. And, and the majority of your deer hunting is kind of geared towards bow hunting now and i would say most of us are at the victory outdoors team we're we're in this similar boat like um everybody you know bow hunts like the whole team bow hunts and we have varying levels of gun hunters so yeah i would say to some degree we all gun hunt but i would say the majority of our episodes are probably centered around archery um but you know we certainly and, that, and that's probably a product of being in Iowa, um, unlike Missouri, uh, in Iowa, our gun seasons don't start until December. So in most cases, we're kind of outside the rut um, in Missouri. That is an opportunity that gun hunters have as they are able to hunt in November. And and that allows for some some hunting during the rut, and we won't get into whether or not that's a good thing or bad thing as far as deer <laughs> go and and that kind of thing, because that's yeah. a whole different topic. But
1: most definitely, yeah,
0: yeah, that's a, that's a whole podcast by itself. Um, but uh, I, I'll I'll get I'll bring Drexel on. Drexel's our, our our transplant from Missouri. He grew up just across the line. He was good friends with some of our guys down there in Bedford, Iowa, and he and his family, some of his family's from that area. So he ended up moving back. Um, and so he has some very uh strong feelings on on hunting during the rut um because he saw it firsthand in missouri um and so i'll just leave it at that but bottom line is um you know it's still an opportunity and and i don't i I, you know take advantage of those opportunities and and get out and and put that time in in the woods and i feel like it just every sit learn something and and be positive um, I, I, I probably preach this to my guys a little too much and, and I have a tendency to get a little preachy sometimes, but I expect when I go to the tree stand, I expect that I'm going to fill my tag on whatever my target buck is. I wanna be prepared to kill a 200 inch deer if one presents the opportunity. So what does that mean? That means that I wanna make sure that I've shot my bow and I'm confident and confident in my bow And my abilities. Okay. So that starts all summer long. That starts, it really heats up this time of the year where I start shooting daily every morning. It's just blind bail shooting. I'm not, you know, necessarily shooting at distance, but I'm just practicing that good release, that good form, all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Um, and, And all that stuff. Well, that's a whole different, you know, that's all part of getting up that morning. And then the other thing is, is it keeps you when you know you're confident. Don't ever, you know, I don't know I've I've read so many articles and and social media posts where uh this guy takes you know um this guy takes you know his his wife or his girlfriend out and and or child out and they kill this giant you know deer and they didn't ever see the deer like they never you know they never had trail cam photos of that deer or anything so you really even though as is you know great as our reveal trail cameras are um at, at giving us a, a great inventory of deer on our farms i mean as great as they are you still don't capture every single deer on a property and you definitely don't know what might be on a neighboring property that happens to wander by your tree stand yeah and yeah and so one of those things is it's like you know i mean i hope you don't need extra motivation to get out of bed and stuff but if you do like just remember and be thankful for the opportunities we have in this country and get out and and you know exercise your your ability to hunt um you know cuz you, you have the opportunity to be able to get up and do it i mean you aren't going to work that day like if you, it's exactly. if it's a hunting if it's a hunting day and you're not going to work like for crying out loud get out of bed and 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 you know even if you don't see anything it's still better than work right i mean that's the like the oldest saying in hunting the 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 hunting circles. You know how many signs have you seen that a, a day of work is better than, or excuse me, a day of hunting is better than a day at work. I mean, it, there's fishing signs like that. It, it, it's just it's a common thing. Like everybody knows yes. it's. I mean, I'm sure there's some bad days in the in the tree stand, but it beats you know it beats you know probably being at work. But you know anyway, I'll, I'll get off my soapbox now. And uh, but one, yeah,
1: yeah, go ahead. I agree. That's one thing. I was actually you know my grandpa is my. My biggest supporter when it comes to hunting, and I'm so thankful for him and the relationship I have with him. And it's an awesome thing about Tacticam is I'll film something and I'm, you know, I go and show him and whatnot because he can't, unfortunately, go out into the woods anymore. Um, so it's awesome being able to show him and just talk about hunting with him. But you know, I was just over there last week talking, and we're like, you know, there's nothing better than watching the woods wake up in the morning. I mean, it is such a unreal experience and you know if you're a hunter you you know i mean it's beautiful you know listening to the birds and the squirrels move and just seeing like the animals and how they interact with each other how you know you're in their environment and just watching how all of that goes about and you know the movement of everything there's nothing better and it's so something that's humbling and it's a great experience and you really do have to be so thankful for it and it's a beautiful time and exactly how you said, it's, you know, you're not working and it's a great day. Right. So take advantage of it.
0: Yeah, definitely. Um, speaking of that, let's talk a little bit about, you know, Tacticam. Um, you know, I you mentioned, you know, being able to share, and that's really <clears throat> I, I think from from my from me when I founded Victory Outdoors back in 2012, we always The team members that i look for um and that i bring on board and that kind of stuff we're usually a relatively small team but i've always looked for people that they care more about sharing the hunt um than being the star of the hunt um and and so we've never really looked at it from that standpoint of you know getting to uh boast about our our hunts that kind of stuff most of us want to um preserve those moments so that we can either go back ourselves or show our children some of some of the you know, younger guys, they don't have kids yet. Um, But I know for a fact that, you know, like, uh, Garrett, he just got married, they just had their first baby. He started with his dad, um, hunting with victory outdoors, his dad was a team member. And he, you know, he was probably 14 or 15 years old, and running around with his dad, you know, running camera, in front of the camera he killed i don't think he killed his first deer on film but he might have killed his first bow buck on film and you know i know that you know he filmed uh talon or uh, Rydell, which talon was a uh, uh just a buddy of theirs from, high, from you know that the garrett they went to high school together and that kind of stuff and they were the two of them were together and here they are two you know 15 16 year olds somewhere in that range and you know garrett film talon kill his first ever deer you know uh you know with a bow and you know just being able to capture those moments and and now garrett has you know uh a child of his own and he can someday i mean she's really really little yet but when when she's able to comprehend it she'll be able to watch those videos when he was a kid essentially um all the way through now you know where he's just you know a full-blown team member and that kind of stuff and that's something that i truly believe um you know it kind of really aligns with you know Tacticam's values as well as our values is we're really all about sharing the hunt and i gotta tell i've told this story already on the podcast so i apologize if you guys have heard it but i'm gonna i'll keep it short but i owe a lot to the 6.0 so i'm gonna show it real quick it's the new camera um, it's a little bit different design and that kind of stuff. Um, a little bit different size and, and, and shape. Uh, so if you guys are watching the video, um, you could see that, but one of the things about the 6.0, um, and I, and I'm not knocking the other models or anything like that, or the per, the predecessors to the 6.0 at all, cause they, they, they did a great job, but the footage quality of the 6.0. Is such a quantum link leap compared to anything else in the industry, including the other Tacticam models, um that I mean, uh my I we had one of these last fall. We had one. Um, and I it was on my bow. I guess the perks of being the owner. <laughs> but um uh it was on my bow and I, I'm thankful it was because I wouldn't have an episode. Um I it was late in November um and I was self filming. Uh, and I had done a lot of self-filming that year. I, it's the first year I'd self-filmed probably in four or five years. Um, and, and I was really in, I was really kind of, um, it was one of those things where other team members had been very successful self-filming and it kind of inspired me like, well, if they can do it, I can do it. Like, I just gotta put in the effort. It's a little more effort. It's a little more work, uh, to self-film because you got to pack more stuff and you got to bring a camera and all that stuff right so because we use big TV cameras right I mean but we we supplement with with that with getting different angles with our tact cams well it's late November and gun seasons right around the corner and I'm sitting there going I've I mean if a doe walks by I'm killing a doe because I got to get a kill under my belt because as soon as gun season happens it gets in way more incredibly harder to fill your bow tag after gun season than it is before gun season right and so i'm like i just got to get a kill under my belt i had set out at the beginning of the archery season i actually went on a couple of doe hunts and my sole goal was i didn't take the big production camera with me i only took tact cams and i had some wide angle tactic cams set up and i had a 6.0 running off the end of my bow and my goal was was to film self-film 100% with tacticam just a doe kill that's all i was looking for and um, of course every time i wanted to do it i had like four-year-old bucks that i wanted to pass come by and a no doe would give me a shot and it's like it's like best laid plans uh so you know is what it is but all of a sudden i find myself and i see these does coming and they're gonna walk right out in front of me at 25 yards and i'm like sweet like finally, this stand is starting to pay off. You mentioned a little earlier about putting the stand in the wrong spot and learning from that. Uh, that happened last last year. I was like, about three sits in to that stand in November. I'm like, this stands in the wrong spot. It needs to be up the hill about 80 yards. And um, but it, it was it, it kind of is what it, it kind of was it is what it what was. It is. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. At that point in time, I couldn't risk going in there and moving this stand. It was a ladder stand because it was actually set up for my wife to hunt out of um so i her and i could go and, and when i did hunt with somebody it was generally with her last year and so i couldn't just really easily move it and so i was like well i'll just make do i'm seeing lots of deer it's a matter of time before these deer make their way past here and i actually get that opportunity um so i see these does coming the first doe walks out with two fawns she walks out at 25 yards and she just keeps walking she doesn't stop she just keeps walking and i'm like okay and i've got the tax camera on at this point i'm i'm doing my thing i'm I'm filming you know her i've got my big camera kind of set up kind of over my shoulder but i don't have it i don't I have it on but i don't have it recording and so that doe and two fawns is out in front of me they go they kind of work in their way kind of and i think they started feeding but i i noticed there were two more does coming and so i started watching them they start walking towards me on a different trail that's going to bring them either directly underneath my stand or they're going to turn right out in front of me about 15 to 20 yards so about five to 10 yards closer than the the other deer came and i'm like sweet i'm like i'll kill one of them you know this is working out great and i catch a glimpse of another deer coming and it's my target buck it's the the main deer that i'm after i've seen him multiple times and i have deer in front of me at 20 anywhere from 20 uh to 35 yards at this point like they're they're deer they're there they're not alert they have no idea i'm there they're just kind of making the doing deer things just walking down the trails and i'm like there is no way i can reach up and turn on my big camera and get it positioned to get this i really hope this tacticam is doing what it needs to do um and i had a wide running i had a wide angle running on me so i had that going for me but uh um so i had at least a second angle <laughs> but i'm sitting there really? and i'm like he comes out he walks he's following the doze, he walks right out in front of me at 20 yards i make the oh shot oh my
1: gosh
0: it, and the footage is beautiful and and i i could i i you know i got home and the funny thing about it was is, uh i let him i let him sit for just a bit because i i felt like the shot was a little bit back and i was like i it's it's right in that either back of the lungs or liver shot um, cause he was on the walk he was and I didn't want to stop him cause he was that close. So I was, I just didn't lead him enough. And I guess probably because I was worried about hitting him in the shoulder. So, um, bottom line was hit him with just a touch back. So I went back and I, and I reviewed the footage and instantly I'm like, wow, like I was blown away. And it wasn't like I hadn't looked at other footage from it, like throughout the year and that kind of stuff. And I knew how good it was, but. I get it. I get the shot. And I and I did the smart thing of making sure you don't drop your bow arm and you continue to follow that deer. So I got all of that, got him running off that whole group of does, and they run off and they all stand. Um, you can't really see him in that part, but you can see deer standing about probably 50 yards away, 60 yards away. Um, and they just stand there and look like what happened. And so then they all worked off slowly, and he went one direction and they went another. And I was like, okay. I'll give him some time, but I was able to look at that. the The footage was so good, and it's 4K footage, so I mean, it's 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 pretty high quality. But I was able to zoom into that footage on my computer and see, and I was like, yeah, definitely a liver shot. It's not in the guts, but it's probably not catching the the lungs either. I need to give him a little time, and um, and, and so a couple things there. But bottom line is, what it comes down to is, I had an amazing season. I hunted probably, I bow hunted probably more than I had in the last five years, uh, in one particular season. Like I I put in a lot of time in the tree stands, which is fortunate. My, my day job allows me to do that, but I was able to really, you know, put in a lot of time and I had a lot of great footage, both with the cam and the big camera. And I'm sitting there like, I, I need to kill though. Like, I mean, not that I can't make an episode about just hunting, but let's be honest, you know, successful stories are are better than unsuccessful stories and so
1: definitely yeah
0: so i mean i wanted to end my my archery season on a successful and happened to be a five and a half year old fully mature nine pointer as a nine pointer he went um you know 158 and change so great deer i was he was the most mature deer on that farm at least on that area of the farm that i was hunting I had multiple trail cam pictures of him. I had multiple encounters with him throughout the year. Um, And, and then to be able to bring that to a close, but honestly, like without the 6.0, that episode isn't the level that it is now. And, and so I'm super excited. It comes out here in a couple of weeks. It'll, it'll air here in a couple of weeks. So I'm super excited about that. For those of you that want to see the tax cam footage, I might actually put it in uh, this video. Um, but it is in a short on, uh, YouTube and it's also, I believe on a reel on Instagram. So at Victor outdoors, check that out. You can actually watch that hunt kind of unfold, at least from the 6.0 standpoint. I don't, I didn't put any wide angle shots or anything like that. All I did is, uh, zoomed in and made it a vertical, uh, format and, and kind of kept him in the center of it. But, uh, it's pretty cool. I mean, you'll get to see the full entire season on how it unfolds, but if you want to see that tat cam footage itself. It was it was absolutely amazing. I'll put a little clip in here uh, for, for the folks watching on video um, to check that out. But yeah, what can you tell us about that 6.0 and kind of what you've heard from uh, both customers and then as well as the industry alike? I mean, uh, to me it's it's the best thing uh, that that they've ever come out with and that's a tall that, that's a big statement from Tacticam because that company, when just when you think that they've topped you know just when they think they've topped that mountaintop, they they push that envelope and they come out with something that is absolutely uh, you know to me like it, it saved my it saved my entire season.
1: Yeah, I I agree. I I have mine here as well. I love my six oh. I mean, it is the image stabilization, the video quality. I've heard nothing but good things from customers. Um, from my own personal experience, I I killed a good doe. She literally walked five yards away from me. It was crazy and got that on my 6.0 and I mean the footage is like you said is so good and I yeah I've heard nothing but good things about it I love to waterfowl hunt um a big big thing of mine I like to do now um and I went to South Dakota and we didn't have the greatest weather conditions for spring for snow geese it was very cold birds were just not working how we wanted to we got a few that came in and I got it on my 6.0, but just even looking back at the sky and how pretty the sky was and just things like that, you can see everything so clear and it's very pretty. But another thing that you mentioned too, was when you took your bow shot and you're like, well, I think I hit it a little bit further back than I would have liked. I need to give this deer some time. That's another thing I love about self-filming with a Tacticam is if you're ever questioning, you know, your shot or anything like that, you can easily pull up your your 6.0 footage or your tactic and footage and look back i mean i take a a bow shot and i'm like oh no did i did i do everything right was that a good enough shot and you know you don't want to get down from your from your seat too early you know you don't want to spook anything or push anything further but i'm the same way i want to like connect right away and look at that shot and see how it is just to like give myself some like reassurance on the shot and everything but that's another great helpful tool and you know, for people that think about bringing in tracking dogs or anything like that, you know, that is one thing that is another benefit is showing the footage um, to a tracker. If, if that's what's needed, you know, to them off your 6.0 or yep. cameras as well. It's super helpful.
0: Yeah, for sure. And the, yeah. 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 And one thing you hit on, and I just want to kind of make sure because I, um, you know, you, you talked about connecting to the camera. Um, you know, that's one thing that, you know you have the ability to do is you actually can connect connect um to the camera with your phone and you can be sitting there right in the in the stand and be reviewing that footage immediately like i drove home threw it up on my computer because i wanted a big i wanted a big screen to be able to look into it and see exactly what had happened you know um and i knew i was going to give that deer some time anyway the the difference would have been like oh no man smoke show he's dead well i i knew from the way the deer ran about 50 yards and then walked off that it wasn't probably lungs. Like, I mean, just being right. honest with myself, like I knew I I was going to have to let that deer have a little bit of time. Now, as it was, he I, I sat for an hour um, in my stand waiting before I got down. And then I got down and, and he was long gone. But, you know, and then by the time we got back, after we'd given him some time and found him, I mean he was probably dead before i got out of the stand but right. which is great you know i don't want a deer to of suffer course. but but just being able to give it some time and that kind of stuff and it was cold it's not like it's late november it's not like right. i had any worry about um the the meat spoiling or anything like that but yeah it was great i mean i i would much rather recover the deer and have the meat available and all that kind of stuff um you know i i don't think i'm gonna push the envelope but I'm not, you know, I'm not going to wait a day, you know, necessarily before I go out and look, I'm going to, I'm going to get after that deer because, uh, I'm going to, I'm going to want to make sure that I do have that, that meat portion. But anyway, um, yeah, definitely, uh, being able to hook up to that is awesome. Um,
1: and,
0: and the, the features I, and you brought up a good point too, like it's not just for bow hunters. Um, these work awesome on guns. They work awesome for, um, they work awesome for, uh you know uh, whether you're turkey hunting waterfowl all that kind of stuff they have a mount literally for everything and and one of the things we did during turkey season is um i didn't run my 6.0 i ran one of them uh like a long ways off facing uh my location but like in line with the decoys but i put it far enough back because it's not a wide angle camera right so i put it far enough back so that it would get that so one of the cool things about that is I had a 6.0 out there and you can crystal clear see me when I go to draw my bow. You can see my bow moving. And I'm like, well, no wonder that turkey kind of looked at the, looked all of a sudden kind of got alert when I drew my bow. It wasn't because he heard me. He definitely could see me inside my blind, right. you know? So that's kind of cool. It gave me a little bit of a advantage, I think, for the next time. Like, I know that if I'm not far enough back in that blind, um that i need to make sure that that turkey can't see me in the blind because i could look at i could review that footage on that uh that 6.0 and i can see me like before the turkey actually gets in front of the blind it was off to my far right and you can see me leaning forward kind of peeking out the side of the blind you can see my face and everything like perfectly crystal clear it's 4k video and i'm like oh my goodness like i did not know that you could see in the blind that easily and so It was kind of interesting, like I I now have some experiences looking back where I I remember uh, I've had some experiences where we had a turkey coming into the decoys and my uh, daughter was sitting on the floor and and my wife was going to shoot this turkey and she was sitting on the floor playing on her iPad and we got her up so that she could see the turkey. Well, I'm 100% sure that when her head popped up with her blonde hair that that turkey, because all of a sudden it's like, whoop, like it was, it was on a, it was like angry marching it was an angry marching towards the decoy <laughs> like you know usually you think it's a done deal like this is this is right. happening natalie quick get up you know look watch and it saw something and takes off and runs off and you know oh. it, and she doesn't end up killing the the turkey and it's like what happened well what happened was is um uh w- you know we missed out on that opportunity to to uh to to harvest that because now I know for sure that confirmed it for me. That turkey definitely saw my daughter's head pop up. So um, it, that was cool. But then the other thing we did is we actually mounted this. I had I had another 6.0 because by spring we had a few more. Um, yeah. Thanks ta- thanks Tacticam. Um, <laughs> but uh, we had a few more of these, and and so I actually mounted one, um, not on my weapon, but from that same point of view, but on the main camera's tripod. I put one that was pointed out, so it got a wider view than my big camera had. So I zoomed up on the decoys, and I had the turkeys. I had a wide, I had a 5.0 wide out in the uh, out in the thing, and so I could turn on all four tactic cams with one push of a button. So all four ta- tactic cams would turn on. I had a wide inside the blind, and I had a 6.0 outside the blind, or inside and outside the blind, and then I had another tactic cam wide in the decoys. And so I'm getting all that plus the big cameras tight on the decoys and then i'm archery trying to shoot and i'm all self-filming it all and was able to capture all of that footage largely because of the tax cam and so i've got all these different cool angles and everything that i can use to to develop the episode and everything and i've got you know i got the 6.0 to thank for that and then the fact that you can use a remote so something to keep in mind is having that remote You can wear it around your you know it around your neck or put it in a pocket but you reach up you press the button and so i know this year during during uh archery season uh we will probably have we'll definitely have it on our stabilizer i like to use the clamp mount and i like to put it on my stabilizer um that's because i like the stabilizer i have so i don't use the actual tactical stabilizer mount but i use a clamp mount and i and i mount it on my stabilizer and that seems to work really good for me but what i like to do is then i'll put another one in kind of my most likely shooting hole that i most likely think that the deer likely to come there but it'll be a it'll be a um movable one of those um movable uh um flexible arms uh as far as a mount goes and so i'll try to get that um so i can if i think oh they're not going to come into that shooting lane they're going to come into this shooting lane so i can go ahead and i can adjust that if i need to Um, and then Obviously, I, I generally speaking, Dennis and I film together, um, so we'll more than likely be running, you know, our cameras for ourselves and that kind of stuff. Uh, we'll be running the big camera, and we, a lot of times, we'll kind of both take our bows and kind of just, depending on which deer comes in, depends on who's going to be the shooter and who's going to be the cameraman. So,
1: sure.
0: yeah, so, I mean, that's kind of how we do it, how we integrate the cam into what we do, but absolutely was blown away by the 6.0 um real quick before we're done here let's talk about the other camera that you guys have um and it's the solo extreme and so it was kind of an upgrade of the the first solo um model that came out a couple of years ago and and so that camera um it it doesn't quite it has a lot of the same uh aspects of the 6.0 maybe not Mm -hmm. as many bells and whistles um but it's still a great camera and it still gets great quality we actually I put that on my wife's bow um, uh, last fall. And so she ran, she used that a a lot. um, And and it was, it was a solid camera, got great footage. Uh, What can you tell us a little bit about that? I mean, I think you guys are actually, um, how long you guys got them on sale right now. There's a, there's, I know there's a promotion going on right now. um, And so uh, this, this uh, podcast is going to post next Monday. Um, So we're, we're sitting uh, August 11th. It's, it's right now. Uh, so it'll, it, you know, I don't know how long is your, um, sale going that you guys have on that, that extreme.
1: I believe it's going until the end of the month probably should, should know that for sure, but should be going till the end of the month. Um, we post everything on social media, Facebook emails, all of that. So definitely head over to our website or even our Facebook page at tax And you can see that, promotion that we have going on, but we have a really good combo pack on that solo extreme right now. Um I yeah. I definitely love the 6.0. It's my my go-to as well. But I do love the solo extreme. It's you know it took like a fisheye, the solo and the 5 five wide and kind of morphed it into one camera really. So the solo extreme has in a like a different lens that you just unscrew the lens that's on it and screw on a wide lens. And you get a really wide, great, you know, field of view with that lens in just, you know, a few seconds, super easy to screw on. Um, It is waterproof as well, like the fisheye was. It has a great loop mode. Um, It does have a red dot feature on it as well. And you can change that around for, um, you know, shooting plays. It's pretty light um, and it'll go. So with the 6.0, it is different mounts that you have to use for it. Right. But we've recently upgraded all of our mounts as well. So they're all universal for each, you know, each camera. So the solo extreme is, is great. Just another great camera that we came out with. Um, easy to use.
0: It's I love that fish. Eye.
1: Use. The fish eye is really cool. Yeah.
0: Like the yeah. Solo so
1: extreme, yeah, you can do, you know, same things with it. And I would use that one more for in the decoys or that, you know, kind of yep. second, second camera use.
0: Yeah, I, I said I had a five wide, but it was actually uh, the solo extreme with the fisheye on inside the blind. So, so I mean, um, but but yeah, it, it we we got a uh, solo extreme. Uh, we had one of those last fall, and and I had and I just went out and bought the fisheye. Um, you know, I was like, I think it's like twenty or thirty bucks. It's not very expensive to to get that little add on feature, and and it yeah. was it's well worth it, it allows you to be able to get that uh, wide view and, and be able to, you know, make that a more diversible you know, a, a more diverse use of a camera like you versatility, that's, the, that's the word I was looking for it, it gives you that versatility to make it the wide angle, you can use it with the regular lens, and it can be just as good as or not better than the 5.0 uh, was and, and so it's a it's a great, it's a great camera. Um, and it's just a little bit lower price point. So yeah. if you're sitting there looking at the 6.0 and you're like, ah, it's a little bit out of my price range, but I really want to capture my hunts and I don't, and I, I'm not toting around a big TV camera or, or even a camcorder. Look at that Solo Extreme. It's still a phenomenal camera. Yeah. Um, but like, like we said, it, it's just a little lower price point. Um, but like we, you know, we still use it. I mean, it's still a great camera. It oh, still yeah. gets great footage. So, um, well it's been awesome uh we couldn't have been more excited to have you join us uh we'll we'll have to get more um updates from you uh kind of maybe mid-season uh kind of as your archery season's rolling on and that kind of stuff you can kind of maybe check in with us and get you back on the podcast and kind of see how your fall season's rolling along give a little update on how we're doing um you know we're we're uh getting back in the mode of things with our podcast and and doing more weekly updates we're going to have not only uh guests on from the hunting industry we're going to continue to bring on um you know just good solid hunters that can share their um you know team members as well but we're going to bring on just some guests of people that we know uh personally that have a wealth of knowledge because they've done it for years and be able to share that with you guys so thank you for listening um zoe thank you for making time for us today um i know you guys are super busy there at tacticam you guys have a million and one things going on but continue to innovate uh continue to push the envelope uh and, and thanks for joining us
1: absolutely thank you guys for having me and yeah i'd love to you know give a midseason checkup and see how things are going this archery season as well
0: awesome thank well you. good luck this fall and hey good luck everybody we're kind of getting close we're it's august so some of the seasons are gonna start opening up for people um you know whether you're chasing antelope or or whether you're actually have a whitetail season i mean the first whitetail seasons that i'm aware of for the most part uh, i know uh we've got some guys that are going to travel to kentucky uh we got some guys that'll travel to nebraska they, they have a september 1st opening you know days and that kind of stuff um and and uh, dennis and i are going to run out on an elk hunt out west so uh you know it, it's getting close it's really getting close guys um but uh Thanks again, Zoe, for, uh, uh, you know, having, uh, taking time out of your day, uh, to, to chat with us, uh, and thank all of you for listening. Um, and we'll be back here again next week, uh, with a note, uh, another edition of the podcast. Thanks guys.